Welcome to Come and See, your podcast for finding truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. With host and founder, Richard Case, and co-host and retreat leader, Kathy Riccone. Jesus reminds us to watch for the signs of his return. Today, we will explore further what we are seeing in our times that line up with what signs he said would indicate the potential of the end and his return. We will also discuss the practical meaning of this as we watch and as a remnant, prepare as he so leads. And now your host, Richard Case. Well, good morning, Kathy. Uh, here we are on uh, End Times Friday. Good morning. Uh, Good be, to see you. This will be uh, airing, uh, I think, December the 8th. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're uh, actually uh, taping this right at the very, uh, almost the last day of November. So we're actually pretty close to the <laughs> right, to right. The, uh, timing on it. Uh, we tape these uh, ahead of time, particularly of, over Thanksgiving. So we each took a break and uh, had a, I had a great time on, on my I, cruise with yeah, my Yeah, we can't and, wait to hear about your cruise. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that was, uh, that was amazing. And uh, it was fun. Uh, you know, because they're, you know, obviously I got lots of, uh, what Linda calls, I have lots of plates spinning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you can't you, spin all those plates you, when you're on a ship. You can't, you can't do any of them, you know, and, and uh, so That's we, fantastic. we had a week of doing nothing, you know, it was really uh, interesting. That's so good. We, we, you know, spent time in the word and prayer and talking and, uh, uh, what surprised me, uh, and it was, it was, you know, it, they had great weather and, um. You know the ship was good, and mm-hmm. uh, my question, because it was over Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. was, um, "What's their turkey dinner going to be like?" <laughs> right, and how was it? Yeah, it was great. It was oh good. It was. Good. Uh, I, I expected it to be uh, dry and difficult, <laughs> and they whatever they did, it was it was a great cooking of the turkey. That's so funny. It was great, and. Uh, dressing and gravy and you know all that stuff and so they did it right <laughs> so we had, a, we had a great time with it and uh it was fun so we just relaxed and that's uh, fantastic did to... you have a favorite island well we 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 wound up actually on thanksgiving day uh we were in the caymans oh nice uh, so that was spectacular and we got off the ship and went to the beach mm-hmm. and um had a great lunch and uh, they even offered a turkey dinner, but we said, "Ah, we're going to have that later." So we had we right. had we had pasta. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. Good uh, for and you. we did some great shopping there. They had some great deals. Uh, uh, what they call you know duty free shopping. So that was kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, we just we just had a really good. It was a beautiful day. And and then uh, you know we we went to the beach, and the kids went. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the grandkids went on the uh, jet skis. Oh, fine. Uh, so we got to watch fun. watch that and and enjoy that and and just be uh, enjoying. It. I know I know you had a great Thanksgiving, but your big day is the day after, right? How did, how did yes, that yeah, it was so much fun. We had a ball, and and Thanksgiving Day was fun too. By by the evening, we had all of our kids together, um, but we had a nice relaxed Thanksgiving Day, and then that evening we had everybody and family games and making blankets. Actually, even the blankets you see back there. Yeah. Um, yep. All of all of the girls made blankets, Christmas blankets for the year. So we did that um, Thanksgiving night. So that was fun. Yeah, and just played a lot of games. And then the next day we got up and went to the tree farm and cut our big tree down and 
had our decorating day and all of our appetizers and just a lot of a lot of joy around the table. We did add in this year, which I will share a little late so you can bank these away for next year if you're listening and you like them. Um, we added two new traditions into Thanksgiving that were super fun to have. One, and I can't take credit for either, we stole these from, from uh, my mentor mom's group. One of them is we played a family game of Thanksgiving fishbowl. And if you've ever played fishbowl, it's just a riot. But what you had, you know, the things that you had to put in to act out or to share were three different events or things that happened in the year that you were thankful for. Mm -hmm. And so those were the items that you worked the game around. So you had people acting out, you know, getting married and getting engaged and, you know, all kinds of fun things that went on during the year. So fun family fishbowl for Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's neat. And the other thing we did add in was um, a tablecloth that has you know was white vinyl with the felt on the back and stole this idea again from a friend and had it when we pulled out for like dessert and stuff set out the tablecloth and sharpies and everyone around the table wrote something on the tablecloth that they're thankful for signed their name and date and the tablecloth will come out again every thanksgiving from here to forward so that 10 years from now when there's grandkids, they'll be writing, you know, their things on there of what they're thankful for as well. And it was just a sweet, sweet beginning of a new tradition as we kind of step into a new season. It's never too late to add new traditions. So yeah, it was fun. That's, that's neat. Yeah, that's great. Um, well, we've uh, uh, obviously, you know, we had a break here a little bit. Uh, and when the last time we discussed, uh, you know, we talked about the economy and we were we've always right now because of the war with Israel and Hamas, uh, we're bringing updates uh, on the war. We had actually, I don't know if you remember, we had kind of predicted what was going to happen, and that was that they would negotiate a ceasefire, Mm -hmm. um, which a couple reasons. One is um, there's, you know, and this this is beyond we in America, Mm-hmm. having any comprehension of this at all. We, right, we just right. we just don't. Uh, but because of it, we're talking about Gaza. Gaza is a section of Israel, uh, south at south of Israel, basically north of Egypt. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it's a it's an industrial area and commercial area. Um, and uh, there's both Palestinians and uh, Jews living there, uh, but it's controlled primarily by Hamas, mm-hmm. um, and they've known that and they've kind of accepted that. Um, uh, but uh, and remember, uh, the dynamics here were that uh, four days prior to the war, Saudi Arabia and Netanyahu has said we're, we're never closer to peace, and that Hamas, Hezbollah, right. and Iran are softening their positions. Um, right. Well, we have this war. They attack uh, multiple places of, of uh, a music festival, uh, kids and, and women, and the atrocities that they're be- being shown now uh, around mm-hmm. of what they did to these women and children is awful. I mean, it's just, it's right. just awful. Um, so as a result of that, Israel said, okay, that's enough. Um, and we're gonna we're gonna eliminate any power that Hamas has. They're never gonna be able to do this again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they attacked them. Uh, remember, they waited at the border. 
Right. Because they were saying, you know, hold off, hold off. Let's let's make sure we get everybody uh, in a position where they can handle it. Um, and to see, it's affecting about two million people that live there. And because of the dynamic of Israel and uh, Gaza, uh, they control <laughs> utilities, mm -hmm. water, and food. Right. And they cut them off mm -hmm. uh, purposely. Um, and well, the yeah, okay, Hamas, interesting enough, they've, they've stored up in the tunnels things for them. Right. But they don't share but that. But not for the civilians. But they right. don't share that with the civilians. They don't really care about the civilians uh, that supposedly is in that area. So um, hold off, hold off. Give them a chance to exit, you know, and, and uh, leave the country to go to someplace else. Well, interesting enough, the Muslim countries around them don't want to accept them. Right. Uh, because we don't, we don't want to have that problem. Mm -hmm. So they're kind of stuck, you know, and they're and they're having suffering, great suffering, because while that's going on, Israel is bombing uh, Gaza mm -hmm. um, and they're primarily targeting uh, what they call military operations where they're they know that the supplies are and, and uh, guns and weapons and that kind of thing. But uh, Hamas successfully connects themselves to, like to things like hospitals. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, certainly you won't attack. Really using human shields. Human right? shields and, and yeah. you know, uh, medical shields, et cetera. Uh, so they were asked to hold off. They did. Uh, let everybody know, hey, we're coming. You got to leave. You better be careful. Be ready. Mm -hmm. uh, well, they, they, they uh, then uh, had a ground operation and attacked and went, and went into the tunnels. And they're trying to displace Hamas. Um, well, as a result of that, there's lots of suffering that's mm -hmm. going on with still people that can't get food and water and, and things, and they're stuck, right. you know. And so um, Hamas took 250 hostages. So they said, okay, we'll negotiate a release of those hostages if you cease fire. Mm -hmm. And they said, okay, we'll cease fire, you know, if you release the hostages. And there is a joint release. Uh, and what they're doing is what I call dribbling it out 10, 11, 12, 13 at a time right. to take, you know, 15 days, 30 days to get them all. Mm -hmm. um, but we're willing to do the ceasefire. Uh, do well, we know how many hostages Israel has? Because it is a joint hostage release, right? It's but it seems like the numbers I read that we're that Israel is releasing more hostages Per time, yeah. then is yeah. that accurate? Yes, it's accurate. And okay. uh, think about um, the exchange is our prisoners mm -hmm. that have been captured by the Israel police for doing right. crimes. Okay. So it's not because they're Muslim or okay. not, not because they're Hamas. It's that these guys have committed a crime in okay, Israel. So these aren't, Israel isn't releasing hostages taken during the war. They're Correct. releasing prisoners they didn't, that they, have been taken for they didn't, crimes. They didn't take any hostages. Um, okay. That, that's what I want a clarification yeah. on. Okay. So they have all these prisoners and they're, okay. they agreed, I'll release, you wow. release the, the 250 hostages that you took during the beginning of the war. We'll mm -hmm. release, you know, several hundred 
three, four, five hundred prisoners. And and why are why are they releasing more at a faster pace than the than the Hamas is? Um, I believe that that was just part of the negotiation. Okay. Of um, uh, them trying to, you know, uh, be in a position where, uh, if you think about it. In that scenario, Hamas had the upper, what we call the upper hand, because mm-hmm. they actually had the hostages. Right. And these okay. weren't hostages that had committed crimes. Right. So they are really wanting to just get these hostages back. Whatever, whatever looks. it takes. Okay. Um, we'll get them back, even if we, re- you know, we'd, we'd rather not release prisoners back because, you know, they could mm-hmm. come back and, and do things again. But um we're gonna we're gonna release them and and okay we'll we'll give you more than the hostages but make sure you give us all the hostages well so it's it's building up and building up um, inside of Israel uh, is um, do not agree this is this is what the country's saying do mm-hmm. not agree to have it a permanent ceasefire right as soon as we get the hostages back go in there and eliminate them. Right. Continue the mission to eliminate Hamas. That's right. And, and yep. they've said so. And they've made it public. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why Hamas is trying to dribble it out and probably try to figure out, since they're going to come after us, you know, how do we either exit or protect ourselves or, you know, do whatever. Um, so it's building up, building up. Um, and we know that Israel is going to go after them um, mm-hmm. again. And by the way, they've told Hezbollah, which is on the north side in Lebanon, you're next. Mm. So if I was you, I wouldn't attack us. Because if you do, okay, fine. We'll just, we'll just come after you. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll eliminate you. You know, So we're going to eliminate Hamas. We are going to eliminate Hamas. If you push it, we're going to eliminate you. And, and we don't care. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a, it's a, uh, you know, a, a basically a powder keg of what the heck could happen with this in terms of where right. it goes ultimately, which is what we got to watch. We know a couple of things biblically that Israel does remain, so they don't get wiped out. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that um, as it heads into the tribulation, that there appears to have come to a place where the Middle East settles down and has a peaceful coexistence with Israel while we're setting up the one world government that out of the one world mm-hmm. government comes the antichrist who then re, re renews the fight against Israel. Right. Um, and and it's at that point that the whole world will come against Israel. And then the whole world comes against Israel. Okay. And, so we're not at that point yet. Yeah. There's still some pieces that have to move first. Yeah. And think about, and I know you probably have read this, um, this alone mm-hmm. has raised up the uh, understanding, the knowledge of the conflict world, right. w- worldwide. Absolutely. Uh, there's protest uh, everywhere mm-hmm. uh, against, interesting enough, against Israel. Right. Um, and there's not, there's not really protest against the Palestinians or Hamas per se, other than we don't support Hamas and we support Israel and what they're doing. And because people support Israel and what they're doing, there's groups all over the world that are coming against Israel uh, mm-hmm. called anti-Semitism. Um, mm-hmm. So you can see it. It's, it's, it's interesting enough. It's always been there. Mm-hmm. And, and, and now think about this is really interesting. 
um, the opposition to Israel has been ever since Israel was formed. It's always right. it's always been okay. Now just think simply: why is there such opposition to Israel? They are God's chosen. Yeah, <laughs> because it's a spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. It's Satan against God, mm-hmm. and Israel is God's chosen people, His nation. Uh, remember, we're grafted into that because we're believers through Christ. Uh, but that nation and the Jews still uh, are are part of God's plan, which is why um, they reformed up as a nation. You know, in forty seven mm-hmm. and sixty seven war, uh, and now even here, uh, I believe this is part of them regaining the fullness of the land. Mm-hmm. It's, it's it's interesting how how it's happening. But uh, because uh, there's a uh, spiritual dynamic to it um, it's Satan uh, continuing to get people to work against Israel with the purpose which we see at the end that Satan wants to eliminate completely Israel um, and it's even greater than that because remember uh, as believers and Israel is going to become believers uh, we carry the Holy Spirit mm-hmm um, and Satan knows if I can eliminate every person in the world that has the Holy Spirit, there's nobody left. Mm-hmm. Now they all will follow me and I will have overcome what he already has uh, understands is that is that he's defeated. He's first of all is defeated in the power by Christ. But secondly, he still is trying to gain control over the earth, complete mm-hmm. control. And if there's no believer and there's no Holy Spirit, then he has complete control. Uh, that's his goal. And he knows Israel is a big part of that, which is why we have to eliminate it. So anti-Semitism uh, is, is, has been there underneath it all. Mm-hmm. And now it's, it's cropping up. And if uh, they get the hostages back, which I believe they will, um, they're going to go in. Interesting enough, what they're doing is right for their country. I think it'll actually promote anti-Israel because mm. people will forget why it even happened. You know, right. why, why? now that you got your hostages, why don't you just stop? Why don't you just stop, right? Um, and they said, no, we're not going to let this ever happen again. We're, we're going to eliminate them as a, as a power mm-hmm. that's right next to us. Hmm. Um, and, and so it's going to be interesting to watch. And the big question I've got in the whole thing um, is um, Saudi Arabia because uh, mm. they've been working supposedly to, to facilitate the you know the peace in the Middle East um, and they they supposedly had Iran Hamas and Hezbollah softening but they obviously weren't uh, right so the question is did Saudi Arabia know that right Um what role are they going to play going forward, knowing that Israel is going to continue to uh, try to eliminate Hamas? Mm-hmm. And what's that going to do to Saudi Arabia's perspective on Israel? And the you know, and they remember they're the they they have oil and they have uh, you know resources. Uh, they have alignment with Russia. Uh, so it's it's all going to be interesting to watch over these next weeks. 
what what do the players do mm-hmm. um, as this translates out, and what role is this particular war playing in the preparation for the end? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a, that's kind of a, a big thing. And I know that we had a question about Israel, so if you want to read that, we'll we'll try to address it. <clears throat> sure. Um, it said Israel is a nation because of the percentage of Jews because of the percentage of Jews has returned. But some Jews are leaving Israel because of the war. Do they need to return again to fulfill that part of the prophecy? Yeah. Um, well, um, you know, not really. Uh, if you think of, first of all, um, all the Jews in the world will not return to Israel. Um, right. So um, they're, they're even now, interesting enough, uh, even while this is going on, uh, what they call is Aliyah. Aliyah mm-hmm. is, a, is a Hebrew word for returning to the homeland. Right. So even while this war is going on, there's still people returning to okay. Israel. It actually promotes them. Hey, I'm, I want to go there. I was going to say, actually, there's been, I'm from people, you know, just the small segment of people that I know, people who... Um, actually feel drawn to go back and be a part of it now. Right. That, you know, that is their home. They're Jewish and, and they want to go back and fight or just stand in solidarity, but but are being drawn back during this time, right. even as others are leaving. Right. So there'll be, um, there's people still returning. There are people leaving. Um, mm-hmm. um, there's not a magnitude where it means that a, a great, uh, number or percentage of the Jews in Israel leave um, and then cause that whole dynamic to be different, but rather it's just a kind of a mathematical uh, coming and going. It doesn't really impact the fact that it's still going to be a nation and function as it is. And, and the interesting okay, thing... So go ahead. I was going to say, I, I'm guessing where that question is partially coming from is um, the conversation that you had shared with Netanyahu, you know, with Netanyahu and him saying, well, yeah, you guys thought we were a nation back in 67 or whatever, but we don't consider ourselves a nation until a certain percentage has returned, Correct. which happened in 2012, 12, right? right? That's right. And so that's probably where they're, they're questioning the percentage yeah, idea. Yeah. Do is, they, do they drop you know, at this do they, point? Do they, yeah. Do they drop below but, that percentage and does that change yeah. things or do they have to return? And uh, no, they don't, they don't have to return. It just has to be that it continues that their definition of a nation remains, which it will, okay. um, one. Number two is, um, and you look at this theologically and, and what the eschatology relative to what's going to happen at the end is um, the Jews in Israel become believers in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And they carry the banner for Christ. And um, uh, as we enter into the uh, second half of the tribulation, they actually are the ones that uh, maintain uh, the Holy Spirit on earth that, does, that doesn't get defeated. Mm-hmm. They're protected. And that's what stimulates the Battle of Armageddon. Hey, you know what? We're, we're thinking about this wrong. We're trying to use technology. We can't get there. Let's just overwhelm them with people. Mm-hmm. You know, and, the, and the amount of people that mass up for the battle are 200 million people. That's mm-hmm. soldiers. 
200 million soldiers mass up to attack Israel by just marching into Israel and killing everybody mm-hmm. uh, by hand, interesting enough. Uh, and technology, by the way, doesn't, doesn't do anything about that. You can't do anything about that. Um, right. So that's why they think they could win. Well, they don't succeed. That's when Christ returns and sets mm-hmm. up the millennium with the Jews in Israel as the center who are now believers, and they basically start the whole process over again. Mm-hmm. Be fruitful and multiply and have authority over the earth. You know, And remember, the earth is still fallen, and people who are born are still, are still needing to have salvation, uh, but uh, they, they last. Uh, so as you look at that, I believe the sorting out, people leaving, people coming, mm-hmm. is about... God knowing who is going to have a heart to receive Christ. Mm, that's um, very interesting. Yeah. And so he's putting people there that are going to have a heart to receive Christ. And the ones that don't, I think, are exiting. And that's almost on purpose. Uh, that's fascinating. Yeah. So it's really, it, it is really going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, I don't think it's going to affect anything that's been put in play. Uh, and we can see all the dynamics going on uh, with it. And, um, you know, Israel is going to be something to keep watching, you know, for sure, mm-hmm. uh, over and over. Um, in regards to the, uh, you know, we've talked about uh, the one world government, uh, et cetera. Um, there's a article that just came out uh, that... Um, We've talked about the WEF, World Economic Forum. Uh, they've purposely said uh, that um, we're going to form one world government. Our target is 2030. Uh, mm-hmm. We're gathering people, corporations around the world. Um, I've associated them with the Rothschilds. Mm-hmm. And the Rothschilds, remember, are the ones that own or have control of every central bank in the world. Right. Um, and economically, remember, this is going to be an economic situation. Right. Um, so uh, we see what we call the cabal. The cabal is the people that are putting this together with the purpose of one world government. Mm-hmm. Okay. An, an organization uh, was just, <laughs> it's been formed up and it just became public. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's associated with the WEF, but it's called the Council for Inclusive Capitalism, CIC. Hmm. Okay. Uh, the purpose uh, is to uh, centralize the power and the decision-making and the governance, one world government, right, of all the major corporations in the world. And then to, wow. then to align them with the uh, different political uh, uh, situations in every country. But it reinforces for me uh, what I thought uh, as, I, as I pondered this over the last, you know, three or four or five years uh, is that um, uh, and we've, we've been thinking about the, you know, the 10-headed uh, – uh, beast, we we were always 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 thinking uh, countries, mm-hmm. but this is going to be corporations, right? 
Um, so can you just again, so if anybody wants to go do some further digging, I'm making notes who CIC is Council of Inclusive Corporations. Capitalism. 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 Thank you. Council for Inclusive Capitalism, CIC. Uh, and you can go look it up online. It's online. Yeah. You, you can look at it. And, interesting uh, to dig in and get some more facts okay, on. Okay. Now, yeah. now this is, as you, as you know, and this is where, as I read and pray and say, God, show me truth. Help me understand truth. Okay. I'm reading this article. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at the bottom of the article, it says, and this is the person in charge of that organization. You know, the person that's in charge of that organization, Rothschild. Wow. Whoa. Huh. Interesting. Um, they're starting to form hmm. together. Uh, at, um, it's not even somebody that hasn't been at the very, very base of this. Mm-hmm. Is they've actually brought one of their own own members, family members, and put him in charge of it. Interesting. Okay. Um, with the purpose of promoting, you know, one world government, and by the mm-hmm. way, it's going to become, you know, economic. Um, and you know what we have to watch is there's normal cycles mm-hmm. in uh, the economics of a country and, uh, and what we call growth periods and recession periods, and that's been ever since history. You know, it's just always up and down. Um, right now we are starting to see the beginning of a potential recession in, in just for an example, uh, October and November saw a pretty significant slowdown in consumer spending. Mm-hmm. That's usually in a pre, what they call a pre-indicator that people are starting to understand, uh-oh, uh, we better, we'd better get you know, in place. Partly, by the way, there's two factors to that. One is just fear. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm concerned about my job. I'm concerned about my company. I'm concerned about not having a job and, and income. And then two is that um, inflation has sucked a lot of the of the right. ability to buy things out of their system because mm-hmm. they're now their their income hasn't covered all the extra cost. And remember, they don't they don't include uh, include fuel and food. And variety of things that they don't include it in the indicator, but people who have to buy it know it's there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so that's slowed down in a big way, um, and the debt load is continuing to dramatically increase. So that while on the surface, you know, and it's kind of like what we talked about about anti-Semitism. It seemed like on the surface everything was kind of okay. On the surface, mm-hmm. well, the the stock market is still doing fine, and you know, people are predicting it's going to be fine. And, but underneath it all, people who look deeper at it are saying, hey, you can, you can pretty well expect that by the second quarter of, of 24, you're going to start seeing a recession. And they're even saying it could go deep. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't know, but it could go deep. Um, and so our question is, we have two simple questions uh, as we seek God. Uh, which is why we want to keep talking about this and using End Times Friday to do it. Um, uh, and we're trying to be broader than just uh, only end time you know, conditions, which is why mm-hmm. Christ said, keep paying attention. Right. And I want to keep revealing things to you. And I want, I want you to think in a different way than 
don't accept everything being normal, start mm-hmm. to see when things aren't going to be normal. Uh, right. So the cycle that we're in is I, I'm pretty confident that because of all the factors, we will, we will see a recession in the next you know, one to two years, and it could be pretty mm-hmm. deep. Uh, and that's just a cycle we're going to be in, whether it's part of the end or not. It's just going to be a cycle. Well, we need to know what right. to do about that. God, what do you want us to do about that? Uh, one. And then two is, is that because of what I just talked about with the WEF and the CIC and the United Nations, by the way, have said the same thing. Uh, everybody is gearing up now publicly to one world government. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not even hidden anymore. It's just very clear what we're trying to do. And they have the ability to do it. Why? Because, because they're getting the people that have the, the economic power, the central banks and the corporations, mm-hmm. have the power to pull it off. Um, mm. And so they're gathering those people to do that. So that's, that's in play. Uh, so the question that we have two questions right now that we'll try to keep pursuing: What is what is going to happen to the economy short term? Mm-hmm. And Father, what do you want us to understand about it? Are we going to be displaced? Do we need to be safer? Do we need to be wise about how we spend money or get in a hedging position? What are things that, that are important for us? And then two: Is this a precursor mm-hmm. into what they're really going to do, and that is collapse the system? in mm. order to bring about the one world government because remember when it when they do everybody willingly accepts it right um, it's not a force by power it's it's a choice hey we have a solution mm-hmm. interesting enough they cause the problem <laughs> right right and it's interesting i always just like to to bring people back to this in the middle of this um, it's interesting to me the number of times in the Bible that God talks about money and that we cannot serve two masters, God and money. Right. And and I think it's fascinating as we watch this shape up that the ultimate choice there as we're heading into the tribulation is going to be God and money. Right. Right. And so him preparing our hearts now for where is your trust, it, you, even as as we're navigating, whether this is, you know, whether we're getting closer and closer or it's still a few years away or, or a long way away. You know, this idea that we need to get settled in our hearts, who we trust, where our provision comes from, where our instruction comes from, and that it's not trusting in the system, not trusting in the government, not trusting in our jobs, not trusting in anything that is the provision of money yep. it is trusting in a god who provides and will lead us step by step in how to prepare for as well as is perfectly capable capable of providing for us as we seek and follow him right and, and but that's gonna, he's training us right now that's right, right? yeah and it's going to have to be absolutely training us for that's this absolutely right and it's going to be supernatural so that keep that uh discussion going uh we're gonna because we're gonna get into um that aspect of it and we're going to get into the aspect of the rapture Mm -hmm. because um, there's a sentiment that everybody believes that well we'll be raptured before any of this happens Mm. so we don't need to even think about it um, at all and if we if we combine that with we haven't been trained to follow God over money Mm-hmm. And we've justified part of it by, yeah, we're going to be raptured anyway. Right. We will come to a false conclusion. Yes. Just by definition, 
even if the pre-trib rapture is correct, you know, and, mm -hmm. and we'll talk about that. So we're going to get into the rapture. We're going to talk about this aspect. Keep, let's keep talking about this issue of serving God or money because this is ultimately where it boils down to as we head right. into the tribulation. Um, mm -hmm. And the whole problem is going to become about money. And the solution is going to be the offering of money at the sacrifice of following God. Right. So we'll, and we we'll, need to be trained now and to gotta, listen and follow and trust and have God. Yeah. have communities and have people yes. that help us uh, get ready for this by training us how to walk with God, learn learn mm -hmm. to have uh, faith, see the supernatural, trust the supernatural, as well as the strength to follow God and not money. Yes. Uh, and, and we'll talk about that. So we'll make sure we bring that in. So. Uh, Father, we, we know lots going on, and, and uh, Kathy reminding us that really it's going to boil down to some personal choices we have to make. Our, our, a, lot of, a lot of people think that we can serve both, and you say no. Uh, you can't serve both at the same time. We have to choose. We have to be trained in that. We have to follow you. We have to know. We know that economic things are coming, and we got to deal with them. And uh, it's not to ignore them, but rather to have wisdom about what you say about our personal situations and how we can walk with you. So we just pray that we'll learn that and, and go deeper into understanding it in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much, Rich, for sharing. And thank you, listeners, for joining us. We look forward to seeing you next time. Yep. We'll see you then. Thank you for joining us for today's episode of Come and See, your podcast for truth in a world of chaos. Brought to you by All for Jesus Living Waters Ministry. Send us your questions and comments and tune in tomorrow for more answers to your personal questions about living life in God's truth. Remember, God's will is best and none better. His truth brings peace in this world of chaos.